on the phone here in just a little bit. Love Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Okay, Anna, are you back with us? I am here. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll get back to Matthias in a second, but before we do that, uh, we have a special uh, person that wants to say hello. I believe that she's on right now. Uh, Granny, are you there? Yes, I am, you know, and I'm sorry for the technical difficulties, Anna. You know, it really stinks sometimes. The modern technology, you got to love it, unfortunately, but I am so glad that you are on our show tonight, and I was so excited when I saw the lineup that you were going to be on our show tonight. That just made Granny very, 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 very happy. Hi, so you guys are fr- So you guys are friends, not enemies? So uh, I guess Anna, that must make we, we you a are, good person? We are, we are friends. We have been friends. My goodness, I don't know. I, we've been friends a very long time, Icon. I know her family. You I know, know her brother. I know her dad. I know her kids. Yeah, you held my my oldest when he was a newborn baby. Yes, I did. I That's did. awesome. Uh, Anna Lynn Storm is our guest here. We got uh, we got 13 minutes here left with Anna. Uh, we'll let Granny ask a question, and we'll come back to me. And then I apologize, Anna, for this uh, snafu. We're definitely going to get you back on again for uh, a normal non-storm, pun intended, a non-storm <laughs> issued uh, uh, technical difficulty. So, Granny, go ahead. Well, like I said, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you on. Now, I know you have been a part of wrestling for many, 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 many years. I mean, what has been, and I apologize if Matthias might have asked you this question, you know, because unfortunately I could not hear any of the conversation that was going on when I got booted off the, the phone lines, but... Anyways, what has been your most favorite thing that you've done in your career? Um, and you can't say this show because that'd be too easy. <laughs> anytime I get to have my kids involved is my favorite. Um, I've been very fortunate to be able to bring uh, my kids along with me along this ride. Um, I've gotten to make sure they've gotten to meet some of their idols, like my son's got to meet uh, John Cena, and one of them's got to meet The Undertaker, and, like, uh, one of them's got, I got a picture of uh, one of my sons playing a game on uh, Jake Hager's phone, (laughs) just kicking it in a locker room one day. Uh, Just memories that I know that my kids are going to have for the rest of their lives, just brings my mama heart joy more than anything I could ever do in the ring or even outside of it. Um, also, like, uh, one of the most memorable thing I think I got to do for my kids in wrestling was uh, we had a show not far from where I live where my son was obsessed with John Cena at the time, and we watched DVDs where Justin Roberts was always announcing him. And so every time we would announce and play, you know, John Cena at home, it was Justin Roberts who we mimicked ourselves after. And so uh, at a show that he was at, we dressed up my son as John Cena, which is not out of the usual for him, and brought him backstage. And he got to do 
the full entrance with Justin Roberts announcing him as John Cena. Uh, I remember show. seeing that. Yes. I remember seeing that. He got to do it. Uh, like Jake Hager was at that show and was like hanging out with him and was out there with him and stuff like talked to him for his birthday and and he got to do a little match, you know, as John Cena and stuff. And he still talks about that to this day. And it's been like five years now. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's the biggest thing like, I think is the most important and most memorable things I've done in wrestling is anytime I get to bring my babies along with me and give them core memories for the rest of their lives. Well, your babies absolutely love the sport of wrestling, unless that's changed since oh I've seen them. I know they They're- still love it. So. <laughs> They're, all three of them are obsessed. How old are they now? I know, I mean, I haven't seen you in a while, and I haven't seen the kids in a while, so how old are they now? My oldest just turned eight this last week, and then I have one that's three and one that's one and a half. Yep. Um, all my boys, my wild, crazy boys. Her boys are absolutely amazing. I love her boys. Her boys are just <laughs> They're they're my favorite little group of guys. I tell you. Well, you know, I'm I'm jealous. Uh, I'm jealous of her son because he got to watch a whole match with Jake the Snake Roberts, and I am definitely jealous of your son. I I would love to sit and talk to Jake the Snake Roberts as long as uh, he didn't put a snake near me. That would be good. Uh, we have, uh, yeah, we have a. Uh, uh, our guest here, and uh, we're going to have some fun here with Anna Lynn Storm. we got about uh, nine minutes left with Anna. So now, one question I'd like to ask all our guests uh, that are in the wrestling business, a two-part question. Uh, you know, we have WWE and we have AEW. Let's say that uh, one of the officials from either entity is at a show that you're at, and they see that you're uh, announcing uh, a ring, or they see you getting involved. And then they they talk to you after the show and say, hey, you know, we're having tryouts. We think that you'd be a great fit. Two-part question. One, is that something you'd want to do? And when you sign that big million-dollar contract where you're not big-time, let's still talk to us because I still have your phone number. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I think it's important to always treat people the way you are when you're at, quote, unquote, the bottom as you would at, at the very top. You don't treat people differently depending on what your status is. So I would not show anybody or <laughs> and it'd be anything like that. I would probably still come on and do an interview and stuff like that. Uh, second of all, I, I think I would take it. I think, um, again, like I was mentioned before, I am a single mother and it is something that I love to do and stuff like that. And I think in the long run, that would be a smart decision. Continuing to do what I love and my passion on a bigger platform can only project that even more. You know, and just think, you know, then you can, uh, then uh, they'll make a movie about you, uh, fighting with my family part two, uh, the storm (laughs) is coming. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you know, then my sons will be all in it too. Wrestling. That would be awesome. And of course, you know, <laughs> then you you know, you got to have your brother too, you know, and uh, you know, dangle that little carrot in front of, "Hey, I'm in a movie. You want to join us?" <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Anna Lynn Storms our guest here. We got about uh, 7 minutes here with Anna before uh we have to go. Uh and like I say, and I do apologize for uh uh, the the breaks in the action, as they say, or in the wrestling business, what is the one thing that's on the bottom of every poster? Card is subject to Card change. Card is subject to change. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. It's uh, all good. Unless, 
unless Matthias is at the show because he makes every show he's booked at. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, if uh, Matthias wanted to come down and wrestle uh, where you're at, what would he have to do? And, Matthias, would you be willing to do that? Well, like I said, I've been traveling all over the states. Now I'm starting to go other places. So another you're promotion welcome. in a new state. Yep, uh, you've, you've helped me get to a couple of them. Um, so whenever, whoever wants to book me, a six foot two, 250 pound, uh, heel that will, or will work heel or face, I'm more than willing to do it. You got to get that open you know, on the license. You know what I'd like to see? You know what I would love to see? I would like to see Matthias, uh, go down to your promotion and, mm-hmm. uh, have a match against Stryker. Okay. And have... What's that guy's name? Your, your oh yeah, uh, what, what's his name again? Uh, Sylvester J. Fox. Have Sylvester J. Fox on the outside of the ring and try and interfere, and then have Striker just striker him till he cannot be strikered anymore. I would love that. Granny would love that because I because you know Icon. I know Striker personally too. I've known Striker for a very long time as well. So I've known this family for a very long time. I would love to see Stryker put Sylvester J. Fox in his place. And Anna Lynn has seen Granny at wrestling matches. Anna knows what Granny can do. Don't you, Anna? (laughs) You know, and there is one thing, though, I would would like to ask, uh, Anna. Uh, What would you have to do to hook us up with your your brother to have him as a guest on our show? Uh, Maddox? I'm, I'm sure he would be. Yeah. Oh, Stry- Stryker's my dad. Stryker oh, is my I dad thought, and Maddox is st- okay. my brother. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Our our producer is uh, uh, is going to be fired uh, because I think he must have <laughs> read your promo wrong because he says he's got Stryker as your brother and uh, Maddox Jones as one of your alter egos. So uh, apparently our producer is going to get fired here tonight. That's I'm funny. Gonna, I'm going to – I'm also going to blame him, the weather on him. <laughs> yeah, Maddox Jones is my brother, and Stryker is my father. All right. Um, uh, can we get hooked up with Stryker, too? Uh, probably, yeah. All right. Uh, you just uh, – I'll be in contact with you, uh, if, but I promise I'll stop calling at 2 in the morning because I know a lot of uh, guests are uh, <laughs> uh, don't like that. Uh, just ask them. They'll tell you. Because uh, time zones are not my uh, strong suit, unfortunately. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, anyway, we got uh, we got uh, Annalyn Storm as our guest. We just got about a few minutes left here, so uh, we can do this here. Uh, if our fans want to check you out and see you, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? Uh, <laughs> what do you got? All I've got is Facebook and Instagram right now, and of course it's just Annalyn there on Facebook, and I've got Instagram, and it's at all about Annalyn. And you have no the- ego, I can tell that. <laughs> Do what? You have no ego because your uh, your thing is all about Annalyn. That doesn't sound egotistical to me at all. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I post all so, about the shows that I'm going to be on, all the things I've got coming up. Everything gets posted on those. And uh, one last thing here. If our fans wanted to uh, come check you out and uh, see where you're at, uh, uh, what, what is your uh, what is your next couple of shows and where are they going to be at? 
Okay, so I say busy, so I've got a few shows coming up. <laughs> I've got, uh, I'm going to be in Hilton, Oklahoma, January 7th through Texoma Pro Wrestling. Um, oh, I actually forgot I have one this weekend. Uh, so I have, I'm going to be doing Empire uh, Pro Wrestling uh, for their New Year special uh, coming up this Saturday. Uh, they're in Oklahoma City. And then I'm going to be at Core Pro Wrestling on January 20th in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. Those are my January bookings. And I go to um, MPX Metroplex Wrestling out of Dallas, Oklahoma, usually just whenever I get the extra time to go down there. So if someone uh, comes, to, uh, comes to a play, uh, uh, an event that you're at, and they say, hey, I heard you on Attitude Era Live, uh, you're not going to uh, say, yeah, right, are you? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh Anna Lynn is our guest here. We're just waiting for our next guest to call in here. Uh we'll uh we'll have uh Anna take us up right until then. I guess the last question I would uh, like to ask you, uh what advice would you give to someone uh that's just starting out uh that wants to get involved in uh the wrestling business? What advice would you give them? The first thing I would tell them is it's not easy and you know, you're going to come into a lot of negativity, but know that there is positivity that you can find in wrestling. Just make sure you find your people and stick with them and, you know, work through all the hard times and you will find your love in wrestling and make sure, of course, you find a good place to train and work harder at your craft on. That's the two biggest things I could tell anybody coming into wrestling. Just remember why you started and remember that as you go. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Anna, we want to thank you for joining us tonight, and I apologize. Well, I can't apologize for the weather. I have no control over that, but I do appreciate you <laughs> and sticking Anna, with us. I'm and sorry. You... I'm sorry I didn't get to talk to you longer because I was really looking forward to be, you know, having you on here tonight, so I apologize I didn't get to talk to you longer, but well, I well, hope you and well, your boys have you a happy are... new year. Well, will you come back on the show with us and uh, bring your family with you? Uh, I don't know if I can get us all in the same place at the same time, but I'll definitely be back on and try to get them on as well. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll get it set up. We'll set it up farther enough in advance. We can get all you guys on. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks, Anna. You are awesome. We thanks, appreciate Anna. it. Thank you. Happy thanks, New Year to you. Happy New Year's. Have a good day. All right, Anna Lynn Storm, ladies and gentlemen, that was awesome, and uh, we uh, we had some fun there. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, our next guest is Waiting Wings. We're going to take a quick little commercial break, and then we'll be right back after these messages. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow us to support local artists and musicians and play the music you want to hear, not what advertisers think we should play. It enables us to broadcast feature story news so you can hear the news, not opinions. Public radio doesn't have an agenda. We're not in the business of pushing our point of view. Our mission is simple. Reflect your interests, not the interests of some corporation. If you believe that having an independent, non-commercial, public radio station in your community is a good idea, become a member now. Find out how by visiting our website at www.kensfm.com. And remember, independence has a cost, and it's as little as $10 a month. 
Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is the Emmy Award-winning master, the man that held up the award in front of everybody and said, I have arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man himself. He's got some friends with him. He is Daniel Ross. What's up, everybody? How you doing? <laughs> Thanks for the great hey. intro. How are you, Daniel? Now, now tell me, was that a better intro than you got at the award show? Uh, you know, I, there's nothing that's going to be able to top that, but it, it's way up there. It's way up there, man. <laughs> All right. Well, and I do I'll have some what, friends am... with me. All right. I'll, I'll tell you what. Say, I, am I, I do high. have some friends with me, and uh, one of them is named uh, Donald Duck. He just wanted to say something real quick. Oh, and uh, let's see here. We also have uh, from Lucky Charm Cereal, uh, Lucky the Leprechaun. They're magically delicious. Woo-hoo! And who else we got here? We've got Starscream from Transformers the Game. <laughs> Decepticons, this is Starscream. Make for the rendezvous point. The old spark will soon be ours. <laughs> and who else is here? Oh, we've got Gizmo from Gremlins. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And his nemesis, Stripe, of course. So, yeah, I'm surrounded by these amazing people all the time, and they, they, we're never bored. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're, we're gonna, we'll have a conversation. Uh, we'll ask each one of them a question uh, uh, in a little bit, and then we'll do uh, – I'll tell you what. We'll do a roundtable. I'll ask you a few questions. We'll do a roundtable. Then we'll uh, – each one of them uh, – I'll tell you what. How will we do this? Uh, uh, Granny uh, and uh, Matthias, what we'll do is uh, I will ask a few questions of Daniel, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then you guys can uh, pick uh, one of the guys that he has with them to talk to. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Uh, Matthias, what do you think? Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay, all right. So now, first off, Daniel, I want to ask you. Barely enthusiastic. Come on. We can get a better enthusiasm out of that. Come on, come on, come on. Well, I'll tell you what, Daniel, I, I got to admit, we have, a, we have a storm going on right now, and uh, we're getting... Oh, okay, uh, that might st- damper the enthusiasm a little bit. Yeah, well, actually, we're, we're getting buried in snow right now, so... <laughs> oh, my but gosh. We're going to have some it's fun here. It's 70 degrees we're, here in Los Angeles, and I, and I feel terrible. Oh, geez, no wonder why you got all those guys, uh, uh, you know, and they all have fur and stuff, and they're trying to hide out. And, well, why don't you send them here? They'll, they'll survive here. They got fur. Uh, Daniel Ross is our guest here. We got about uh, 27 minutes here with Daniel. So I'm just kind of curious when you uh, when you found out that you were nominated for the Emmy. Of course, they they can't tell you that you won. Uh, what, how, how soon? How far in advance did you find out that you were up for the Emmy? Well, I, it was uh, that was quite a moment. It was December 1st, and I never forget the moment because I woke up, my phone was going crazy, and that was the day that I chose to sleep in. So my phone's going crazy, and I'm like, oh, come on, let me sleep, people. I go and check my phone. You're nominated for an Emmy. It didn't quite register with me, so it took a couple messages before I went, oh, wait. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, and, Did you, you know, think my, it was maybe some friends blanking you or something? At first, yeah. You know, when, when, the, when the notion settles in of, you know, something of that magnitude, yeah, like, oh, who's, who's messing with me? Who's playing a prank? Uh, no, no prank. We were nominated, and uh, it's it's quite a quite an honor uh, as an actor and as somebody who has studied and been in the industry for a long time to have that recognized. And 
uh, to be able to honor uh, my mother, uh, who I lost this year to cancer. Today is actually her birthday. Oh, sorry, We're talking on her birthday. Um, I was able to honor her because she taught me how to do the voice of Donald Duck when I was three years old. So that was something that was very special between us. And so the nomination of the Emmy, the ultimate winning of the Emmy, uh, was just such a, a magnificent way for, for me to be able to honor her. And uh, I was very grateful for that. So one thing I'm going to ask, and we'll do the round table, then uh, you guys be picking on uh, picking on picking. <laughs> uh Oh, okay. You guys be ready to pick who you want to talk to. Okay. Cause I know who I want to talk to. Uh, you guys can pick who you want. Uh, maybe one that you said, but I, I got one. Well we'll, well, we'll get there. But now when you uh, were walking up, to get the when when you were announced, uh, you, of course you had known that you wanted yet. Were you just like were you just like somebody pinched me or I'm like were we were, were you at the shed of tears or what was that moment like when they finally said and the winner is Daniel Ross. I, I have to say it was one of the most nerve wracking moments of my life. I I uh, first and foremost I was in a room with many of my peers and colleagues, idols in the industry, uh, you know, giants of the entertainment industry who craft, you know, our childhoods and, and the magic of growing up and cartoons and so many other things. I'm in the same room as all these people. To me, that was outstanding. Uh, when they called my name, I think I dissociated a little bit because I was thinking to myself, there's no way I'm going to win this. The, the people that I was nominated with were just uh, some of the most talented in the industry, people on Broadway. And here's little old me who started quacking for a living, you know, used to be an impersonation to make my friends laugh or make, you know, kids smile. And again, the love language between me and my mom. But that was that was something else. And now here we are uh, winning this award. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Uh, Daniel Ross, our guest here, we got about uh, 23 minutes here. I wish it was 23 years because there's so many things we want to cover. Uh, we <laughs> might uh, we might push our second guest off a little bit uh, so we can go through this. But uh, before we do that, uh, I do need to do a quick little legal identification, and we'll be right back after this. Just give us about 10 seconds. We'll be right back. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZFM, Holly Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. All right, and we are back here with Daniel Ross, and uh, we want to thank him for being with us. Don't go away yet because we got more questions. But uh, before we come back to me, I'm going to ask you some more difficult questions. But, uh, Granny, have you figured out who you want to uh, talk to? Who you want to ask a question to? Well, you know, I've always loved, you know, I mean, I've always loved the character Donald Duck. I mean, he's always been one of my favorites. And welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. (laughs) So what is your most favorite thing about doing what you do? What do you enjoy about it the most? That's awesome. That is amazing. That is so amazing. I love that. That is so amazing. Uh, 
Uh, Daniel Ross is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 22 minutes. Uh, hey, Matthias, uh, who would you like to uh, ask a question to? Well, uh, oh, is my mic? There we go. Well, I mean, Granny kind of took it from me. Of course, you always got to go with uh, Donald Duck, of course. Um well, I got I guess I kind of got to ask this. If uh if you and Kermit were to be seen out in public together and you guys were to uh get into a little scrum, a little uh in-ring competition as uh we would call it here at our show, uh who do you think would win and why? Um, for that one I would say no comment and uh it's not easy being green. Fair enough. about <laughs> <laughs> now, Donald, I have a question for you. You know, one of my, you know, my one of my favorite roles of yours uh, that uh, you were on. Uh, well, uh, yeah, when you were uh, in uh, uh, Who's Playing Roger Rabbit, when you got to play piano with uh, Daffy Duck, uh, and he kept, he tried to uh, kept on stealing your thunder until you uh, decided to shoot him with a cannon. What was that like working with that uh, little uh, that little bad duck? Well, it's all about ducks with uh, speech impediments, but uh, in this case, it was a pleasure to work with the uh, uh, mallard from another mother. So you guys are friends now. So you guys are good friends now. Now, uh, there's one other thing I was going to ask. <laughs> there's one thing I was going to ask. You know, uh, uh, now you mentioned that uh, you also have uh, Gizmo there. Uh, is my understanding that uh, Gizmo is going to be returning to the big back to the big screen? Is that true, Gizmo? Yeah, Gizmo is going to be coming back in a uh, a series, I believe it's called Secrets of the Mogwai. Um, I actually don't play Gizmo in that one. That's my buddy, A.J. Lacasio. Um, but he and I both uh, share a, a very fun character in different mediums. So now when you, uh, you know, we mentioned that, uh, you know, you're obviously not the original voice of Donald Duck, and we know there's a couple in the past, and we know that you're the best at it because I said so. The icon says it's true. You know it is. But now, when you uh, when you tried out to become the next head voice, as they say, what what uh, grueling process was that like? Well, when you when you're confronted with something that we in the industry call a, a, a legacy character, which is something that's handed down, you know, from generation to generation, or you know, from voice actor to voice actor. Um, in this case, I was hired to work on uh, very specific projects. Uh, there's another gentleman named Tony Anselmo who's been voicing the character for over 30 years uh, and still is the official voice of, of Donald Duck. So I worked on some specific projects. But when I got the call, uh, you know, first things first, I, I was shocked because uh, to, to read for a character like that, I mean, that would only be a dream come true, right? You know, and to work for Disney, that like, wow, double whammy. That would be amazing. Uh, that's never going to happen to me. But I, I auditioned. I was like, you know, this is, this is something I can do. Let's give it a shot, and uh, let's, let's see what happens. And so they wanted their, bear, their best, uh, my best, Clarence Ducky Nash, the original voice of Donald Duck, uh, who voiced the character from 1934 until 1984. 
And uh, I gave it my best shot. A month later, I got a call that says, hey, you got to come to Disney. We want to we wanna read you for a callback. And I was just through the moon excited and nervous and scared. And I get there, and it's all of my peers and colleagues and even some celebrities uh, who, who were there as well. And so, you know, I'm in this room with all these people, and I'm like, there's no way. There's just no way. So uh, we go to our first callback session, and uh, – they were asking me a bunch of questions like, can you say this? Can you say that? Can you say ridiculous? Sure. Okay, great. Can you say this? Can you say that? And I was like, hey, could I offer a suggestion? And they said, sure. What do you have? And I went, <laughs> and uh, that was the moment my producers told me that, uh, that they, they wanted to hire me. <laughs> So now, is it true, uh, working for uh, Disney World, uh, you will probably never have to, uh, uh, you'll never have to pay for a pass to get into Disney World again? <laughs> I wish that were the case. I wish that were the case. Now, Disney treats me very well, and uh, uh, I always love an opportunity to get to the parks, especially because of the yeah. cast members. The Disney cast members really make that experience uh, worthwhile. And, you know, being the voice of uh, Donald Duck, I'm sure that, uh, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of projects that you have to do. Like, uh, there, uh, you know, there's, you know, you probably got, what, cartoons coming out for the next couple of years, and they need you to, uh, they need you to voice all those uh, now, or do they just uh, have you uh, read lines and put them in the can and then uh, dub it over later? How does that process work? Well, if we're talking about Donald Duck, I assume we are. Um, again, right. I, I, there are two of us right now who voice the character, Tony Anselmo, who is the, the official voice, and then there's little old me who got brought on for, uh, back in 2015 uh, for Mickey and the Roadster Racers, Mixed Up Adventures, and uh, ultimately what I won my Emmy for, uh, Mickey and Minnie Wish Upon a Christmas. Um, but, yeah, so th they do keep uh, certain uh, lines that are said just in case they have a library of things in case, you know, maybe they need something really quickly. But usually what they'll do is they'll, they'll we'll record in session. Uh, a year later, uh, we'll go in for something called ADR, where we uh, basically just re redo some of the lines if they need a tweaking or if they need to change the animation or, you know, the, the lip flaps. So it's a process. But, uh, yeah, usually we go in to record, and then about a year later we'll go in to uh, tweak the lines and then, Usually within a couple of weeks or a couple of months, uh, it's out. Uh, Daniel Ross is our guest here. We've got uh, 15 minutes here with uh, Daniel. I'm going to ask a few more uh, questions here, and then if you guys want to uh, chime in again, you can. Uh, but here's, here's my next question. You know, you, uh, you said you have uh, a couple of the Transformers there with you, correct? Oh, yes, quite a few. Now, what is that like uh, – in the process of, you know, we're uh, not granny so much, but me and Matthias, I mean, we're video game geeks. And uh, you, you got to uh, be uh, the voice in the Transformers, uh, the game, which I own, and it's a great game, by the way. What was, that, what was that process like when you got to go behind the scenes to help make a video game? What is that like? How many different sayings do you have to say that, uh, that go into the game? Oh, man, so much in there to answer that I love. Uh, well, first of all, I'm a huge Transformers fan. I have been ever since I was a little kid. The very first movie I ever saw in theaters was 1986's The Transformers, the movie. 
And uh, that came out August 6th. My birthday was August 4th. So very first movie my dad took me to see. And, of course, they killed Optimus Prime. Spoilers for anybody who doesn't know. Um, But I've been a huge fan ever since. And when the opportunity arose to marry my hobby with my passion, with the performing arts, I was like, how can I be involved? How can I be in this iteration of the movie back in 2007? Uh, I created a comic book with the help of some of my uh, friends in the Transformers community that showcased me in a story with Spielberg and Michael Bay and basically saving the Transformers uh, in an attempt to say, hey, you should hire me for your project. And it was out there, but it got some attention, and I got my audition. Um, Didn't make it into the movie, but Activision called and said, hey, we want you to play Starscream, uh, Hound, and Mixmaster. And I was like, sweet, oh my gosh. So, so excited because I know those characters very, very well. And my task was to create something new that hadn't been heard before. So the voice, originally they wanted something very scary, something, you know, uh, that would frighten little children. So the voice that I went with was very much like this. And that's what we went with until the day of the first session when they said, you know, we just want a light British accent. And I said, so you're telling me you want Starscream to sound like this? They're like, yeah, that's what we want him to sound like. And I said, please don't fire me, but no. And they're like, what do you want? What do, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the voice should be? And I said, ah, uh, Decepticons. This is Starscream, and that's what we went with. And so I, I was seventy-five percent sure the fans wouldn't kill me, but I can't believe that was fifteen years ago. I can't believe it. That you know that is awesome. You know, and the thing is, you know, I knew. Uh, and like I say, I you know I'm not that I'm bragging here, and you probably hear this all the time, and you're probably sick of hearing it. But I do have the game, and I do play it. I have I've never been able to beat the game. I, I think it's sort of memorized by mesmerized by your voice. I think that's what it's causing you now because I just want to hear you. <laughs> Are you giving me an order, frenzy? Because it sounded suspiciously like one. Now I, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, Star Trek's a favorite wanna, of mine. I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but uh, do you ever, like, uh, go down uh, toy uh, aisles and, uh, like, the toy aisle and, and, like, throw the voice out, and then, uh, like, the kid is, like, holding up a stuffed animal, Donald Duck, do you ever go into the voice and uh, the kid starts talking to the toy and then they don't know it's you? Do you ever do that? You know, I used to do that before I was, like, an official representative of the character. I used to do that because, you know, it's just harmless fun. You're doing a silly voice, but... Uh, you know, sometimes people don't necessarily understand, so I, I don't I don't really do that anymore uh, like I used to, but uh, a lot of times parents will bring up their little kids to me, and they'll say, you know, would you mind doing the voice, please? And I'll say, close your eyes, and then I'll do the voice so they can hear it first. Because a lot of times kids, when they hear the voice, I'll say, and they're looking right at me, and they go, you know, because they don't understand what's going on. So close your eyes, they hear the voice, they smile, and the rest is, you know, amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. But yeah, not now, for attention, not for attention. Now, when you're doing these voices, uh, what what exactly do you have to uh, do? Uh, is it more from your throat that you have to change, or is it uh, like you, like, like put your tongue in a certain place or you like uh hire your voice or lower your voice how do you do the diff- uh how do you do the different voices that's a really great question i don't know 
I, uh, I, I've always been a mimic and I've always been able to impersonate, you know, cartoon characters and, you know, get into the rhythms and cadences of silly, funny characters. Uh, you know, my studying in, in uh, theater and musical theater, Shakespeare, all of that kind of gave me the, the foundation to be big and bold with my choices uh, that a lot of characters require. And so I, I don't know where it comes from, to, to be honest with you. I listen to something and my instrument, my voice uh, adapts, and I, and I don't think about it too much. There are some occasions where I'm attempting to find a placement, you know, for a new character. But when it comes to existing characters, and I think this is why I've done a lot of legacy characters uh, in my time, uh, I, I think it's just something where I hear it and I'm able to do something with it. And if I can add the uh, elements of my training to it and create something new, then that's even more spectacular to me. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to define the process. I change, I adapt as the processes require. So let's say that uh, someone wanted you to come up with a voice for a character and they, uh, what, what do they just have to describe you? What kind of character the person is or, and then you like would come up with a voice or does that not really a thing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a thing. In fact, when I get auditions, if I'm lucky, they usually have a picture of the character. So I can look and I can see how big are their eyes, how big are their ears, their mouth. Do they have big teeth? Do they have sharp teeth? Do they have, you know, fur coming out of them? How tall are they? How short are they? I can augment what I think the voice sounds like based on, you know, what I see. So if someone gives me a, a description, yeah, I'll figure something out. I'll roll with it. Well, yeah, uh, I was kind of hoping to, uh, and I'm not going to do this. I was going to do it, but I was going to describe uh, Nanny's arch nemesis, Sylvester J. Fox, and have you give him a voice, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, what was the name? Uh, Sylvester J. Fox is his name. How, what kind of voice would you give a guy like that? He, he's kind of a scoundrel. Uh, he likes to hide Sylvester behind the bias. Sylvester J. Fox. Oh, I know exactly who Sylvester J. Fox is. Hello, everyone. Sylvester, your arch nemesis. <laughs> How's that? That sounds pretty good. What, what, what do you think, Matthias? Well, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I really don't much care for personally. You guys keep attacking my managerial extraordinaire, <laughs> um, because again, he is the man that is leading me to tag team championships throughout the pro wrestling industry, and he has been helping me alongside my journey. Uh, but you know, that was actually pretty good. I would say, as long as he can carry a golf club and swing it at some wrestlers, I think we'll be pretty, we'll be pretty set. Now, can you can you do uh, can you oh, do so other, he, he, he needs a little bit more of a wrestler cadence to him. Is that is that what you're saying? He's got to be that, a big guy, be able to swing accurate. some clubs. That sounds like him. Hey, yeah, let's that get, let's get to it, man. Let's get to it. I'll swing some clubs. I got my nine iron. I'll bring it to the table. Now, when you uh, can you do uh, uh, can you do other voices? Like, if we were to like name somebody, would you be able to do their voice? I suppose you have to know who they are too, right? Uh, yeah, I really need a little background first. I, I get that a lot. Can you do this or can you do that? And to be quite honest, sometimes I'm like, no, no. And then I strike out like 0 for 6, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just – I'm not that special. <laughs> well, you know who Hulk Hogan is, right? Oh, of course I do, brother. Hulkamania. My favorite line from him was no holds barred when he's holding up the guy who pooped himself. <laughs> he says, what's that smell? And the guy goes, D -d -d Dookie. And he goes, Dookie. <laughs> that's a, hey, that's favorite exactly Hulk Hogan it. Line. I love that. I love that. <laughs> uh, you know, 
I mean, like, a lot of us can do the Macho Man Randy Savage. Hey, brother, you got to do the dishes, you know. Who who not, who is not very far off from Yosemite Sam, by the way. You've got really? you've got you've I mean, got Macho Man, you know, snap into a slim Jim, oh yeah. Then you've got Yosemite Sam, oh hate that rabbit. They're they're not very far off. That's awesome. Uh, we have uh, uh, we have the man here, Daniel Ross, is our guest here, and uh, like I say, we only got eleven minutes. I wish it were eleven years, but for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, uh, if you go to our Facebook page, as you air Monday Live Monday, you like that. Go to uh, 89.1 Kent FM page like that. Do a $10 a month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autograph from a past guest, current guest, or uh, future guest. Now, I'll understand if you turn me down for this, uh, Mr. Ross, but would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways for our fans? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just uh, re- reach out to uh, to my uh, PR guy. Okay. I, I know him. He's a good guy. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I just wish that he would not have hid you from me for so long. <laughs> I'm sorry. You How many times do I have to why. apologize? <laughs> uh, Daniel Ross is our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. And now, uh, what? Uh, and I know that you're probably doing a lot of projects right now. We get most of our information from IMDb.com. So if it's uh, uh, so if it's inaccurate, uh, let us know. But. One thing I'm kind of curious, uh, they're going to have uh, a killer, the clowns from outer space, the game, and you're going to voice uh, in the game. Is that correct? Is that true? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And it's it's kind of unprecedented that they say you can announce you're in it. You just can't say what you're doing because uh, normally we, we are absolutely quiet when it comes to announcements until things come out. We have to sign non-disclosure agreements. But, yeah, killer clowns from outer space. There's going to be a video game. And here's a little history behind it. I, I'm so <laughs> I'm so tickled that I'm in it in the first place. I was traumatized by this movie as a child. And, Me too. Uh, you're going to uh, knock my block mm-hmm. off? <laughs> when he says oh. you're going to knock my block off? <laughs> Well, my my sister did me one better. She she taped me to a chair and left to go on a date while I watched this movie in the dark. And so I I was literally traumatized by this movie. And uh, uh, to later in life come back to it and actually be a part of that same franchise is just, it's so crazy. It's full circle, and and I'm so excited to be a part of it. I got to say, out of every movie you can think of, like they've got a Friday the 13th game, they've had a Nightmare on Elm Street game, but a Killer Clowns from Outer Space video game? Like, how does that even work? That just seems like it just wouldn't be a, a good video game, unless it's like, like, would it be a first-person shooter? Would it be a strategy? Like, what, like, what would, or like a mystery? Like, what kind of game would that even you be? You have to knock people's blocks off, apparently. That must be, it must be like a first person <laughs> shooter or something like that. Like, kind of like a Doom kind uh, of I thing couldn't tell almost. you. Well, yeah, uh, well, I yeah, I, I, I haven't I, seen any of it. Well, I understand that you can't really talk about the game, and I, I do appreciate it, but you know what I'm thinking is, is, is probably, uh, you're probably a character uh, that uh, is trying to escape from the clowns. Uh, that's probably what I think it must be. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, you know, you've done uh, some other uh, cool things, and, uh, you know, I, I understand that, uh, you know, Mickey and Minnie Mouse, I know, because, uh, you know, Donald Duck's everybody. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I think you, uh, you know, um, you've also done my other favorite character, uh, Rutger. Oh, 
yes, Rutger. Yeah, he's a little German mouse from the, the Tom and Jerry show. He loves to eat his cheeses and mess with the captains. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Granny and, and Matthias, tell me, is this not the best guest that we, not to take anything away from other guests, okay? But you got to admit, is this not the funniest guy that we've had? And we only got seven more good. minutes with him. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. He's I'm very say good. He's yeah, very please, good. please give my apologies to to Anna Lynn Storm for for being just a, an amazing guest. I tell her I couldn't help it. Well, uh, she's already upset with me because of the weather here in North Dakota. See, we're, we're in, I'm in Fargo, North Dakota. I don't know if uh, your PR guy told you this, but we have four seasons here: winter, flood, road construction, and football. And uh, you know. <laughs> Well, we have the same thing here in L.A. We've got earthquake, fire, avocado toast, and pumpkin spice. <laughs> Those are our seasons. And I, Granny is in Arkansas. I live in Arkansas. Well, all right, all right. Uh, and I'm originally from Maryland. So is there any, is there anybody that uh, anybody is there any uh, one character that you really want to voice that you haven't had a chance to yet? I suppose you can't really talk about that. I suppose. Well, you know, it's one of those things when I I, I grew up in front of the TV, Saturday morning cartoons, you know, big bowl of cereal, watching cartoon characters and just falling in love with all those different stories and and icons, all the iconography of of the '80s when I grew up. Uh, anything. That exists now, that existed then on TV, I want to be a part of. So I watched the Tom and Jerry show growing up. I crossed that off the bucket list. Donald Duck and, you know, Mickey and Pals, crossed that off the list. Transformers, crossed that off the list. Uh, most recently, uh, Scooby-Doo. I played uh, Uncle Shagworthy, who is uh, uh, Shaggy's very rich uncle, like Uncle Shagworthy at your service. So that was wow. fun. I get to cross that off the list. So is there anything else I want? I mean, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, uh, G.I. Joe. Uh, oh, man, the, the list could go on and on. Looney Tunes, you know, uh, everything. Give me, give me the work. I want to work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you have, you have four awards to your, uh, to your credit. You have an Emmy. Uh, you won the uh, Sovest Voice Arts Award uh, in 2020. Uh, you were a winner and a nominee uh, for Outstanding Body of Work, Best Voice Actor, Outstanding Animated Character, TV Film, or Web, uh, Best Voiceover. And you also got the award for Voice Art Award uh, winner, Outstanding Animated Demo. So I'm just going to – I know you don't have an ego because you're talking to us, but what – do <laughs> Uh, now, do you have all these on a mantle, like in your office, uh, like in glass cases, and uh, you know, like someone like standing guard, so no one will touch them? Oh no, no. And in fact, I, I like inviting people over so that they can they can touch them. Uh, no, not behind glass. They're on my desk. Uh, I have my voice arts awards on top of each of my speakers, my monitors. Uh, and my Emmy, I just got, uh, what was it, last last week, two weeks ago now. Uh, so it doesn't really have a, a final spot yet. But it's in the living room, and uh, it's it's going to stay there for a little while until I figure out where to put it. <laughs> well, that's an interesting question. These are amazing, amazing problems to have. Yeah, you won it when? When was the award show? Like two two weeks ago, I think. 
Oh, and it, it uh, so you obviously didn't get the award right then. Then you had to wait. Oh no, I got it right then. Uh, not the one on the stage. When you when you go up on stage and they give you the award, uh, that's just for a presentation. But you go backstage and then they issue you the the official one. Now uh, I don't know if this ever happened, and I, I'm going to put you in a hypothetical situation. But let me ask you this: Let's say when they present you award, if you what would you have done? If you looked at the award and they spelled your first and last name wrong, I probably just would have gone, you know, went with it. You know, it's one of those little happy little little happenstances in life. And if I got something that magnanimous and and big, to have a little a little cheeky sense of humor about it, I think would just uh, make it worth even more in my eyes. <laughs> that's awesome. And I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you an example of something that's completely relevant. I did a Super Bowl sure. commercial this year for McDonald's, and I was voicing Grimace. Oh, Grimace, everyone knows Grimace. <laughs> and so uh, the commercial was where everybody's in front of the menu, and they go, can I get a, uh, uh, let me get a, so Grimace is going, uh, uh, you know, and they have these two sandwiches in his thought bubbles that are saying, pick me, no, pick me. And so I was so excited, my very first Super Bowl commercial, my first time with McDonald's, or not my first time, but a first time with Grimace, you know, as one of those characters. So I ordered a pop figure. I had it here ready to go. Super Bowl comes on. I hear the uh, and it's not me. And I'm like, wait, what? What's, what's going on? That's not me. That, that wasn't my uh. The sandwiches are still me. But the uh, that wasn't me. All over the news, Ryan Reynolds voices Grimace for McDonald's, and I'm like, what? Well, if you're going to lose, lose out to somebody, Ryan Reynolds, that's, that's okay. So I have a pop figure here of Grimace that I, I need to have him autograph just for the irony. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, or we could do this. April 2023, Ryan Reynolds versus Daniel Ross. Hell in a cell, whose voice will survive? I think Ryan Reynolds, he's in infinite better shape than I am. <laughs> he's Deadpool. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just struck me as funny. I, I, um, I think he, I may have actually got myself and in I trouble. do not want to be a pool of dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Daniel. His uh, autograph would be just that. fine. Uh, we we only got about the 60 seconds here with you, and I uh, hopefully if we haven't scared you way too much, hopefully you'll be willing to come on again. Uh, but if our fans want to check you out and see you, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Yes, please follow me on all of those wonderful things. I've made it very easy for you. You can find me under Actor Daniel Ross. Actor Daniel Ross across social media. Follow me on TikTok. Uh, you go behind the scenes of voice actors. Uh, we have some fun with the fans with Donald Duck. I'll make you laugh. I'll make you cry. I think you should stop on by. Actor Daniel Ross. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're, uh, we're going to keep you until our, our, our next guest calls in. But, uh, you know, if uh, – uh, well, there she is right there. So I guess uh, we're going to take a commercial break, and we're going to get to our next guest. But I'll tell you what, Daniel, you have been just amazing. You have definitely made my year uh, by talking to us and uh, being on the show, and you are just wonderful. And I can't ever repay you. I'm forever in your debt. And most of all, I appreciate your friendship. I'll understand if you never want to answer my phone number again because you know what my number is. But you have been so awesome, sir, and we love you very much. And thank you for being with us. And have a great 2023, and uh, we would love to have you back on again.
Well, thank you so much for having me. That was a great, great chat. And uh, as my pal here would want to say, Thank you, Danny. You're awesome. Thanks so much, man. Have a good one. All right. Daniel Ross, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you what, uh, that was interesting. Uh, we had Donald Duck, we had uh, we had Grimace, we had uh, Gizmo, we had Stripe. Uh, oh, man. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, our, our next guest is going uh, is, is, is to be fun, too. So we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back after these messages, and we'll be back with our next guest. So stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, the new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website www.kensfm.com and under the more merch tab you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity so order now at www.kensfm.com Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the hottest actress to ever grace the big screen. Ladies and gentlemen, she is a dream of mine and a dream of yours. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Julie and Prescott. Hey, this is Julianne Prescott, and you're listening to The Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Well, how are you, Julie? Good to have you. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi, I'm great. How are you? Thank you for having me. Good. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it, it took a while to get this done and get you on with us, but we're here. Uh, even though that no. uh, <laughs> I, made, uh, I thought you were a week early last week. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I know. I was. I get uh, kind of like uh, discombobulated with time and days and such anyway, especially with uh, the weather and the time changing and the, the getting early and the night and day and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, am I in the future? <laughs> well, of course, my my big problem, of course, is time zones, and uh, you, you you know that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, here's what we're going to do, uh, Julie. Uh, I'm going to have you give a little background about yourself, and then I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me, and we'll ask the tougher questions. Thank you. So go ahead. Sounds give us a little good background. to me. All right. Well, um, I kind of started out um, getting an interest in film through my mom, who was a writer when I was a little kid, and I actually started out as a writer myself, just writing kind of weird takes on my favorite horror movies as a child and involving friends in school because I didn't have a lot of friends. I was more of a uh, kind of a lone child, and uh, I made a lot of friends actually by involving them in my stories. And they were very well written, but they were strange, but they kind of gave us all an escape in the classroom. So I never really thought that I would be in film. I started doing dance and uh, performing live shows as a teen and getting into modeling and then um, – I got my start in actually doing film through uh, Troma, Troma Studios, 
and I, I was working at conventions and doing performance for them at their after parties and things like that and in cosplay. And they gave me a good recommendation for the first movie that I tried out for because I actually I didn't have a resume and I didn't have formal training, but with their backing, I got a, a chance to be in the movie. And it's actually called Slices. It's an anthology film that you can find today. It's out there still. And I just kept going from there because it gave me that sort of family and, and friend element that I had always been wanting to build through entertainment and loving of the horror genre and things scary and just like a bonding experience that I never found until I really got into uh, working on set with people um, just in front of and behind the camera and everything that they were building in that experience. So kind of where I got my start. Uh, Julianne Prescott's our guest here on 89.1 Kins FM, and we got about uh, 30 minutes here with uh, Julianne, and uh, we do appreciate you taking time on your schedule to join us. But there's, there is a, a few movies I want to ask you about, uh, there, and there's a couple titles because uh, we have to stay PG, and I appreciate that. Uh, there is a few titles that we can't talk about, uh, but yeah. uh, I think you know which one I'm referring to. But anyway, when you uh, first uh, – became a would you would you classify yourself as a scream queen or not well when i started i didn't have expectations i really didn't know how long or how far it would go but what i grew up with were uh, what i considered to be scream queens and they're people that um a few of them have had the amazing opportunity to work with actually and a lot of people i grew up with looking up to were considered scream queens um, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and um, it, to me, was a huge honor. It still is, and it's it's something that I feel like a lot of people still hold to be of, of great value in their careers, to be considered a scream queen, because to me, it means someone that is beloved within the genre, works within the genre, and that's their main kind of focus is within the genre and kind of living in that element of wanting to not just be a victim, but also um, a final girl or a monster. So to me, it's kind of transcended just being the girl that gets killed, but it's, in my opinion, grown to be something bigger of just being a strong uh, female presence within the horror genre. So I didn't expect to, but I'm very happy if anybody includes me in that kind of um, archetype within the genre. And, uh, well, uh We'll, we'll, we'll get to our resident uh, horror film uh, guru in a little while, but uh, now one of the um, we've had uh, we've had a few guests uh, on our show uh, that uh, that you uh, were uh, co-stars with uh, in the um, the one movie that comes to mind. Uh, let's see, Clown Motel. Uh, we've had a few of your co-stars on with us, and uh, what what. When, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the first one that we had was uh, Joseph Kelly, and uh, mm-hmm. did did he ever mention us to you at all? I'm not sure. Um, I haven't really talked to him in a while. I worked with him briefly on the last one, but um, he's been really busy, and then I moved to the opposite coast. But I know that he, <clears throat> everyone that he kind of worked with and such, he's always been really happy to work with them. So if I did hear something, I'm not sure because it's been a while, but he's always been like a really good person to talk to. Yeah, because when he was on, I begged him and I pleaded <laughs> with him and I said, I'll do anything. I'll come to the set. I'll get your cappuccino. I'll carry your bags. I'll do whatever you want. 
can you hook us up with Julianne Prescott? That was what I asked. And then uh, he said, okay, uh, uh, that mean, I can do that, but that means uh, you have to uh, come, uh, you have to get my cappuccino every morning at 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, my bags are heavy, so you have to carry all those in and out. And uh, you have to uh, make sure that uh, when we're on set, no one bothers me when I'm – I said, can you do that? I said, sure. And uh, he said, well, uh, I I don't think I can get a hold of her, but uh, I'll hire you to do all that other stuff. I'm like, oh, man, I was crushed. <laughs> that sounds like him for sure. <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline. I knew he would take you up on all of it, though. Right, but I'll tell you what, we're, we're glad that you're here now. But uh, before I, I ask uh, uh, some of my questions, I'm going to uh, 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 bring Granny on first, Granny Hulkster. Uh She's coming to you live from uh, Arkansas. Granny, what do you have for our guest, Julianne Prescott? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on with us. What Thank you. is the, one of the most enjoyable things that you've done in your career? That's a hard question because I think and you can't I've taken say the show because that'd be too easy. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I think that it's changed. That question could have been asked a million times, and I might have had a million different answers because I took something different from a lot of experiences I had. But my favorite experience now is completely different um, from acting. It's from being on the production side. I just did a film where I had like a small cameo in it, but I was working production side. I didn't even check what pants I was wearing. I looked down, I was doing a scene in sweatpants. I didn't even check to change, touch up my makeup oh, or wow. anything. <laughs> I was so concerned with um, what everyone else needed, making sure they looked good, that they knew their lines, they were happy how they looked on camera. And that was so different from when I started out or when I focused on acting where it was more, I needed to go up by myself. And it, it was something that I did to have a experience with people, but oftentimes it became a more isolated thing when I was focusing on the scenes themselves. But working production side, I forgot what I was even wearing. And I was supposed to be doing stunts. I got so into it, and everyone was like, what are you doing? Did you even block that? I just went through the motions to, you know, do it in my head that I didn't even involve anyone else in what I was doing. And then when I was working with them, it was all about what they were doing. So it became a whole different kind of process. But to me, it was more rewarding because I got to see their performances. I saw people that were kind of stepping up and, and bringing it in a different way than I'd ever seen people I'd worked with before watching them grow. So to me, that was actually more rewarding than what I was doing. What I was doing was a complete, you know, afterthought at that point, and I didn't realize it till later. So I, to me, that's become more rewarding, even more than writing. It's been actually working with people on set, production side. That's awesome. Uh, Julianne Prescott's our guest here, and uh, we got, uh, well, we got, uh, well, we got a lot of time here. We got uh, 23 minutes, but I want to introduce you to our uh, our resident horror film. Guru, uh, his name—that's why we call him the Modern Nightmare Matthias. He will—he will scare you, but uh, not tonight. Yeah. But anyway, uh, what do you got, Matthias? Go ahead. 
Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW world heavyweight champion, Matthias here. Welcome on to my little part of the program here. Uh, it's always uh, great to have a fellow horror movie guru uh, slash actress and stuff on the show. So I must ask, first of all, would you say horror films would be your favorite genre of film of all time? Yes, that's pretty much uh, mostly what I watch. It's, um, I don't think there's anything. Even when I watch other kinds of related entertainment, it's got a weird vibe to it. So I would say it's my favorite. Okay, and then uh, what, what would be your favorite subgenre of that film, whether it be slasher, paranormal, that kind of thing? What would be your favorite? Oh, to actually pick one, I don't know. I really like folklore a lot. I really like anything to do with urban legends. Um, I guess at a point it was more geared towards uh, what was popular at the time was uh, J-horror, that was one. Um, I love 80s horror a lot. Uh, it's hard to narrow it down, but so I can't pick precisely. But it's more of like a broad thing where I enjoy different things from different kind of menus in the horror genre. Okay, sounds good. And then because I was going to say one of my favorites uh, by far, one of my favorite subgenres, and my, my favorite subgenre uh, would definitely have to be a slasher because I've been a big slasher film uh, guru ever since I've been younger and stuff like that, and I've grown up on slasher films. My first ever scary movie I ever saw was Scream, and uh, I didn't look back from there. Um, Then I watched Jason and Freddy and and all them back in the 80s and such, and I just became addicted and whatnot to all those kind of films. Um, would, uh, Would you say that there is a film out there that you watched maybe when you were younger or one that you've watched recently, that no matter when you watch it, where you watch it, who you watch it with, uh, it'll get you, it'll make you jump, scream, uh, for any sort of reason? Is there a film like that for you? I would say, as far as, like, a favorite one, Sleepaway Camp 2 is one of my favorite ones I can watch over and over again. It's not one that makes me jump as much. Um, As far as making me jump... It's hard to say because I haven't jumped in a very long time, which is sad. I think the last time in modern times I can think of that I jumped and got scared of a movie and people will kind of go, oh, that's too recent or that's too mainstream, but the American uh, version of The Ring. And I remember watching the scene where she falls slightly forward in the closet and that got me really bad. And then I remember going back to go to sleep and I was actually scared of the monitor, the computer monitor. So... That was one that really sat with me for a long time. There's a lot of jump scares, so it's hard to say the last time I was ever really disturbed or scared of a movie uh, besides, like, a a quick jump scare. So that was the last one that really sat with me that made me upset and kind of really got me upset, which is why that's something with, um, like, like Asian horror for sure is one that the ghosts and the storylines and the way they move, unnatural ways, that they creep and they kind of bend themselves and everything, that to me is the scariest thing. That is something that I found to be the most unsettling within the horror genre as far as when that's emulated. And it was something a while they were really doing a lot when I saw um, 
films when I got recommendations. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was going to say uh, one movie that will always get me in a way, um, it's because of one of the kills in the film. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Hatchet series at all. Yes. Okay, great. so the very the very first film, that the very first Hatchet film, the second kill in the movie, when the uh, older lady uh, gets her head basically ripped in half by Victor Crowley. Oh. That that second kill, like, cause, like you, like we all know what it feels like when your jaw locks up, and you know you you yeah. can't move it for a second, and then it pops back into place or whatever. Well, when Victor put his hands in her mouth and it stopped there for a second. And then you can see the cheeks ripping as he's pulling back. It's like I I, I can always cringe at that because I can always feel like my cheeks ripping and my my jaw just starts to hurt. But other than that, like there's no film out there that's ever scared me consistently, made me jump, freaked me out. It's just I can feel because my jaw tends to lock up frequently, and when it does, when I I could just when I watch that film, I just I just feel just that little tearing, and it just it always will. Uh, it will make me cringe pretty much every time I watch it. That makes a lot of sense, and I can I get a very clear visual as you describe that too, especially if that's something that you personally, like it's something that bothers you. I, I definitely understand, and I can see that. I think for me the most unsettling thing that I've seen in a horror movie that sticks with me, it's not scary as in like a, a jump or something like that, but... um the French movie inside where there's a woman standing behind the girl. She's on the phone. She's on her sofa. And there's a woman like very, very in the shadows, but she's silhouetted back there. To me, that's been like an image, just like a very brief image that stuck with me. Um, Just of the fact of somebody being in the room with you and they're just off, you know, right behind you and you don't know that they're there something like that or something just as very like clear and vivid as ripping of the jaw. Those are two things I could see that people, I mean, it affects you very differently and very brutally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, uh, we were, uh, on my last question to you, you guys were talking about screen Queens and stuff. Um, if, uh, let's just say that Nancy from nightmare on Elm street, Jamie from Halloween and Sydney from Scream uh, all were up, put up against each other in a triple threat kind of uh, battle. Who do you think would win and why? I actually feel that it's a close tie between Nancy and Sydney. It's hard for me to pick between the two of them because Nancy was really very strong, but she did have that more demure kind of attitude for most of the movie where Sydney, I don't know if Sydney came out stronger sooner in her film, the the first one. Maybe it's because we had more movies with Sydney where Sydney got developed as a stronger character further. So maybe I would say Nancy just because um, she comes off very strong in her one, you know, well, she was in multiple, but she only had like the main focal point in that first one. And then part three, she had like, more of she was there, but it wasn't as focused. So I would probably say Nancy, but Sydney was really tough too. I mean, they're yeah, all great, but I Nancy. Absolutely. I was going to, Sydney will always be one of my favorite final girls because like I said, the 
Scream was my first ever film I saw growing up as a scary movie, mm-hmm. and then just watching her grow throughout the series has been uh, has been uh, pretty cool. Now I gotta ask. I guess I just kind of figured this one out since we were talking about uh, Jamie Lynn. What did you think? I don't know if you've seen the last the last Halloween film, Halloween Ends. I don't know if you saw that film yet. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> how did you? How did you? What did you think of that film? Because a lot of people, there are some people that say eh, I didn't mind it, but then there's a lot of people that say they absolutely despise it. Where do you sit? I I did not like it as a Halloween movie. I didn't even really like it as a movie movie, and I thought it was super insulting. I don't want to like, I know people have had time to watch it, but my main grievances are that are are huge, you know, villain that we've been raised with, and we have, he's got so much lore, he's got so much going on, I mean, we all know him, and it, he was just such an afterthought, and I don't know, I really didn't like having another person brought into it. If they were going to do it, maybe they could have done it differently, but not then. That movie was wrong to do it, in my opinion. Maybe they could have done it later if they wanted to do something like that. But for that movie, that was the wrong place because we were all waiting for something very, very different from that, and that was a bad time to do that kind of a story, in my opinion. I I completely agree with you. Like I I absolutely 100% agree with you because going into the film, you know, like uh, like let's just say let's just put this in a pro wrestling aspect. When you get two Goliaths that have been going at it nonstop for a number of years, and it's their big blow-off match, which is like the last match they're going to do, and it and you want it to just be huge, and you want it to be catastrophic, and you want it to be iconic. Basically, what they gave was a was a squash match, and what that means is where two guys get in the ring, and it's less than two minutes or three minutes, and one guy doesn't even get to breathe, and the other guy just beats on him and gets the one, two, three, and goes home. And it's like, I didn't understand, for the fact of the matter is, during Halloween Kills, the, the movie beforehand, they misused Jamie Lee completely. And then they made Michael Myers this unstoppable killing machine, and every time he got a kill, he became more powerful. Now all of a sudden we go to Halloween Ends, and Michael is this meek, weak old man who's becoming human. And, and, and everything that they did in Halloween Kills kind of just got pushed away, and now we got this new person coming in, which made no sense. And then he tries mm-hmm. to take over the and he tries to take over the Michael Myers thing, and then Jamie disposes of that person really quickly, and all of a sudden you get finally everyone's so excited for Michael versus Jamie, the final battle, who's going to come out on top, and then less than two minutes, the finish happens, the ending happens, and it just it just was a it 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 went as well as a fart in church, like it just I didn't like it, and nobody I was around during in the movie they didn't like it. They're like. They didn't. I'm not going to say the exact words they used, but you know, like <laughs> what? You know what? That is just stupid. And I, I kept my mouth shut, but I was like, that, that was just it, like that wouldn't even make it for me as a regular horror film, let alone an iconic end to the Halloween franchise. It, it just you know it made no sense done. to me. They should have done like you said. Those three movies should have just been about Jamie and Michael. Jamie, I mean, you know. uh, 
they should have been those two characters. They should have been literally about uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers, and that should have been the focal point. And if they wanted to do the storyline, even her family was kind of muddying it up, the, you know, the daughters and the granddaughter. Um, I would have kind of taken all of that and done it maybe after they finished with the storyline and given us a great three movies with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers. And then they could go on and do whatever they wanted with Corey or who, whatever, you know? Yeah, like the, they could have they could have had the, the ending, like you said, at Halloween 2018, they invited, they introduced her her long-lost daughter and long-lost granddaughter. And I can understand where that came into play there. But then Later. once Halloween Kills came to play, they should have just had Jamie and Michael. Like, Jamie should have said, enough is enough. I'm going after Michael. Nobody else needs to help me. I'm going to chase this madman down because he escaped her house. And he killed all these firemen and whatnot. He escaped, and she knows it. So she should have went out solo hunting him. And if and if somehow he escaped her in kills, which he did, then because she got put in the hospital for her injuries and they misused her completely, then they should have had yes. the long term, the long term stalking. Because in the the very first film, Michael did all the stalking. Michael did all the hunting of the babysitters and Jamie Lynn, and he was the shape. Now they mm-hmm. should have turned Lori as the shape, where she was stalking. Michael, as he became more human, and she became possessed to hunt him down. That would have been great. That would have been great, even if you just had her at the end where it's like she had, she took it within herself that she had peace, that she took him out. And even if, you know, her final thing is she has that look of, like, maybe she had a little bit of evil taken in her without, you know, when she finally took him out, it didn't give her that peace. It, it made her a little dark. At least that would have been more satisfying than what we all saw. Uh, Julianne Prescott's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about nine minutes here with uh, Julianne. One thing I, I do want to ask you, um, we we get most of our information here from uh, imdb.com, so uh, you, can let, uh, you can blame them if the information we have is inaccurate. But according to what it says, you have 25 different projects that's upcoming. Is that true? Let me click on it. <laughs> I actually, this new format of IMDb is a little odd for me, too. So um, I went through my IMDb not too long ago. I had to cut some. It had me at like 160 credits, which I'm probably around 120-ish. But um, it's, some of it are, are things that never played out. They didn't kind of happen or might not happen. Well, let me ask you That's about so let me ask you about this one. Uh, it says, uh, here's what it says. You have 25 upcoming projects, True Investigations of, of Totally Spooky from 2010 and Night People mm-hmm. from 2011. Now, is that projects that uh, that were completed and just haven't been released or they never got released, they got canceled? What, it, it's still so, got you, it's still got them listed as upcoming. I don't know why it has it like that. Um I have seen some of my credits actually get updated where I've heard updates from the productions where they have moved forward or something's happened with them, so I can't say for sure about all of them. Um, True Investigations of the Totally Spooky was just a short. um, I don't know what they did with it, but I don't think it really went anywhere. It might be available for people to see somewhere. I haven't personally. I have, like, a disc of it that was given to me at the time, 
Night People, I don't think that's ever going to come out, unfortunately. It was a wonderful project. I, it was one of my first leads as a vampire, and we had a beautiful, uh, like, rundown church that we worked in. And I actually got to do a, a sword fighting, a choreographed sword fighting scene, so that to me was huge. But um, So I don't understand why sometimes they pop up like that. I don't know if it comes from production side on those projects, if they say maybe something's going on with them, but I haven't heard anything. Uh, Julianne Prescott starts yes, here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we got about six minutes. And for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, you know, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Air, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to uh, 89.1 Kens FM page, like that. Do a $10 month donation uh, to Power of the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an uh, autographed picture from a past guest, current guest, and future guest. If I'm not mistaken, I think, Julie, you sent us some, or you're sending us some, if I'm not mistaken. I do have your. Um... I was kind of moving at the time, but I do have your credentials in there where I can send them, and I will send some stuff your way. Perfect. Uh, one, one thing I do want to ask about, you know, when you're doing all these uh, these different projects, like uh, uh, it says in 2022, you got Ghoul, Motel from Heck, you got Silent Night, Bloody Night 3, uh, uh, Stas, uh, whatever, Supernatural Assassins, Cheery Bloody Murder, Amityville Steakhouse, uh, uh, sounds like something out of Jeffrey Dahmer's restaurant. Uh, Bloody Nun, Camp Blood, Six Six Six, Part Two, Exorcism of the Clown, and, and those are in 2023. Uh, how do you keep it all straight, having all these different projects? Uh, and of course, that is bearing that you are, uh, you have done them and partaken in all of them. That it says that you have. Well, the past year and a half or so, I've only been working with writing and then production side. So I've actually only worked on about four or five films in the past maybe year and a half or so. Um, so as far as anything else where the years kind of shift or say that I was working on more, it's again, I guess maybe they got kind of pushed or they finished production now the film is going to come out uh, in the next year. So it might have been something that even got filmed two years ago, but it's getting moved as far as the production year for it to come out another weird thing with IMDb. Right, and I, and I noticed one thing i got to ask, though. Uh, you like to do movies that have Amityville in front of it. Uh, is that... <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there some kind of uh, secret thing there, or is it just how it works out? I can actually explain that in two parts. I actually physically live right, like, maybe 10 minutes from Amityville right now, my phone number comes up as Amityville. It's very strange that I also somehow morphed into living into Amityville. But um, it actually started where I worked on, I think, two films that were in Amityville based in the film. Uh, yeah, Amityville Thanksgiving is one of them. And mm-hmm. uh, you got one upcoming, uh, Amityville. Let me look at that. Amityville Shark House. Uh, and then there was also, I think Amityville Harvest was one that I worked on before I yep. even came uh-huh. out. Yeah, um, the uh, Amityville Thanksgiving and Shark House, and if there's any more Amityville, God forgive me, but <laughs> I've been there so many times. I actually uh, drive by there often too. But um, it's the secret is it's a distributor type thing. They look for Amityville movies. I don't know if it's specifically just a, a thing that people love and it's very popular or it's the alphabet or what it is, but 
there is just something about Amityville that uh, distributors love and that um, people look for when they're wanting to look for others to put together a movie, whether they want to produce it or work on it. It just seems to be a very popular kind of place to be. It's a very morbid place to be, a very uh, strange place to be, but it is a place to be in the horror community. And I don't know if it's ever going to stop, but for me, Personally, I might be retired from Amityville. I think I've been there enough. My real estate's kind of expired. Well, of course, I, you know, I, I, my theory is <clears throat> uh, you're the uh, most beautiful cast member on that film, so that's why they keep bringing you back. Maybe I have something. Maybe it's like an ancestor. I don't know. Maybe I need to explore that. There might be something more to it. I might have some, some genes in Amityville. Just draw me in. <laughs> Uh, Julianne Prescott's our guest here. Unfortunately, we only got uh, two minutes left here uh, before we get the hook, and I wish it were two more years. But uh, <laughs> if our fans, so we can see you, if our fans want to check you out, uh, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, uh, a uh, I don't like icon website. What do you got? Uh, well, I am on Facebook. I I'm the victim of that five thousand five thousand dollars <laughs> five thousand person increment. Um, I do have some room in there. I, I kind of clean some things out. If anybody wants to find me, I can add you on there. I do have Instagram also. Uh, the TikTok is my dog right now, so he's not giving anything up. He's not interested in Amityville at all. But uh, I would look me up on uh, IMDb. As, as flawed as it is, that's kind of the most up-to-date information on what I'm doing. I do. I'm actually directing for the first time next year, so... I've been working my way towards that, and um, I'm very proud of that. And so hopefully I'll have more projects where I can get you guys more information and more stuff of a clear, warped vision of what comes from me from start to finish. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm going to ask this. You know, me and Matthias uh, were just uh, offered roles in an upcoming film uh, done by Rod Smith. Uh, he wants us to be in his legacy nice. Uh, movie, and I know, I know you know who Rod is. Uh, let me ask mm-hmm. you this: if uh, if things go well and uh, we don't get fired, would you be looking for uh, people to be in your film when you start directing? Because we yes. would love to come work for you, right, Matthias? Oh yeah, absolutely. I really would. I don't know if you guys got cheerleader uniforms, but that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, Matthias, how would you look in a cheerleading outfit? Well, I mean, I I wear tights all the time in the ring, so I mean, what's the difference wearing a cheerleader outfit? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put this out right now. I can't speak for Matthias, but I can speak for myself. <laughs> if you will give me a spot in the film, I will wear any cheerleading outfit that you have. If you give me a spot in the film, <laughs> I'm going to keep in touch with you guys. I promise I won't make it too crazy, but <laughs> I would love to. And I, I'll do the same thing. I'll carry your bags. I'll get your cappuccino. Uh, if you need to put your feet up, I'll, I'll go down on my knees, and I'll, I'll, you can use my back to put your feet up. I'll do all that. We just want to be part of it. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you finally got to do this. And please don't forget me, and I won't forget you. Well, I'll tell you what. If, if I call you, uh, I'll call you later this week so I can talk to you about a few things. Uh, I do appreciate it. You are awesome. Thank you very much for all you do. We love you. Thank you. Thank you, guys, too. All right. Uh, Julianne Prescott, ladies and gentlemen, we're on 89.1 Kent FM here. we got a few minutes here before our uh, 
before our theme song plays. Hey, Matthias, would that be something if I get us a part in that film too? Like I said, our careers would be looking up. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I think they already are, aren't they? I think. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I said that uh, uh, that I was going uh, to uh, make things happen for all of us, and I'm working on that. And I think uh, 2023 is going to be our year, you know. And I uh, absolutely, and I actually just got a new announcement here through Facebook, not even ten seconds ago. Apparently, for No Regrets Wrestling on January twentieth, I'll be wrestling in a three-way dance for their uh, twenty-five slash eight title. It's a version of their twenty-four-seven title, but I'll be going for their title in a three-way dance. Me versus Johnny CK versus Alvin Gray. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we only got a few seconds here, Granny. Thanks for being back with us. We want you to have a great uh, new year, and we'll see you next year in 2023. Matthias, be safe out there, and we'll see you in 2023. Absolutely. And uh, we'll have more about this film that we're going to be in uh, next week. Uh, So uh, uh, until next week, love each other, care for each other, and remember, it is not goodbye. It's just good night. We'll see you all next week. And we love you all. Take care. You think you know me?